Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Dan. You are listening to the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And it is, what would you say? Is it a banner week? I mean, yeah. What does that even mean? A banner week? That's a good question. Does it mean you hang a banner out? It re- yeah, it's we don't like even a have big any... enough deal that you'd hang a banner. You know what? We need to get some <laughs> banners made up. We need to get them out to the people oh out there, and then we'll let you know ahead of time if you've got a banner, whether or not you should be hanging it out for the upcoming show. If anybody had banners, we would have let you know last night like that this was... Like flag. Yeah, you should be flying the flag, so... I guess it's just it's plans that we didn't make, but we'll make notes now and we'll adjust for this later. Anyway, it's a banner week. We've got all kinds of stuff to cover. Really big news. Yeah, huge news. Very exciting. We're going to have a special guest and we're not going to yeah. say any more about it. Right. Yeah. I don't want to tip the hand. Right. It's not a giveaway. No. I don't want people to be all disappointed. <laughs> You know, there's people that are just changing their Saturday now because they're thinking they're going to get something for free. That's not what this is about, but it's still really cool. It's still really cool. That's coming up. But right now, we've got a topic that Haley needs to... solve my problems. Yeah, she's got some problems, obvious problems, and some not so obvious. I didn't on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, someday we'll try to solve those, but we'll start easy with your yard. Yes. um, I've complained about my yard before on the show. Incessantly. (laughs) Just nonstop. A lot of trees, and fall is not my friend, but I, uh, I complain also because I've got kind of a thin yard. And after winter, it's usually even thinner. It's basically dirt with a few right. grass roots exactly. and stuff out there. <laughs> That's what it becomes. Yeah. Right? Like that winter kill in my yard is very real. Right. And last year I did not do anything about it. I should have overseeded in the fall. I knew that. Missed it. Why did you miss it, Haley? A million things. I mean. Those sound like excuses to me, Haley. <laughs> How's your shed, Dan? Oh. <laughs> A lot of things happen, Haley. I have a busy life. Let's just move on to your grass that you didn't prepare. No, I didn't. And I thought that I had kind of missed my opportunity because they talk about, you know, spring and summer not actually being ideal times to overseed. Um, You don't have the highest success rates. But then I recently found out that the end of February, where we are right now, is a great time, even potentially better than fall to start overseeding my lawn. Yeah, so Haley's going to make some bold claims. It's called dormant seeding. Yes. And right now in Michigan, right. it's the time to do it. Yeah, you can do this from like mid-November to the end of winter. Like right where we are right now is a really nice time because you're essentially getting grassy down before they're going to germinate and you're giving them a chance before all of the summer foliage starts coming in. They get more sunlight as little mm-hmm. seeds so they can take hold a little bit stronger. Right. And you're really, they're more really successful. Personalizing these seeds. They're you tiny know, We're all babies. feeling for them. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's really best with cool season grasses. Yeah. So tall fescue, Kentucky bluegrass, things right. like that, like Haley mentioned, all of those benefits. So let's talk about a few ways to do it. Right. You know, because you've got snow on the yard. Yeah. I can't do it now, right? Wrong. 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 I wouldn't expect this, but you can actually just throw grass seed on top of the snow. You know, it shouldn't be deep snow. You're looking for like an inch or less to be on the ground, but you can spread the seed right on top of the snow. And then as the snow melts, those seeds come into contact with the ground and it's built in watering for you. Yeah, look at that. So kind of brilliant. So that's snow seeding. Yes. Got to be about an inch deep, like Haley said. If you need snowshoes to do it, that's a really good rule of thumb. That's wrong. (laughs) Wrong. Snowshoes required, just keep waiting. Yeah. Another way to go is frost seeding. Yes, exactly. So let's say that the snow is melted. We've got some warm days. The soil is really damp right now. You could throw some grass seed on. And then, you know, if we're expecting a freeze cycle to happen, let's say it's warm now, but we're looking at, you know, 28 degrees or something Mm -hmm. in a couple days. That's perfect. That frost will actually help cause some cracks in the soil, and those will help your seeds to take hold. It's like natural aeration, that freeze-thaw cycle. I like it because I think psychologically (laughs) it gives those ups and downs that the weather's doing to Uh us 
purpose. Uh, right. It yeah. makes it a little more positive. Yeah, I like oh, that. Oh, I got good weather. Oh, bad weather's coming. Yes. Perfect. Right. You know, isn't that fun <laughs> to think about being in that zone? That's really good. So there's what else one do you need more to say? way. Oh, one more way. So let's say that we've kind of missed our snowy time and we're in, you know, the beginning of March. You could still do this in good weather. So 40 degree day, get out there, rake the yard, pick up all the sticks, mow the grass a little shorter, and you're actually giving those seeds a really great opportunity to start then too. All right. When you water them, make sure you remove the hose and put it back away. Yeah, it's still really early. in case we do have any kind of freezing. We don't want to be responsible for that. Mm -hmm. So with any of those methods, whether it's snow seeding, frost seeding, or seeding a little bit later leading up into March and nicer weather, you're still going to want to make sure you use a higher seeding rate than usual because there is a higher mortality rate, which is a little sad for those. a little sad. Personalized seeds that yes. Haley <laughs> Haley painted the picture with earlier. Also, you do need to modify your pre-emergent program. So if you're treating with pre-emergent herbicides or herbicides, However I'm not sure. Say that. <laughs> I've always said herbicides, but I can imagine there's somebody saying now you don't pronounce you the don't H. Say the H. Yeah, it's yeah. herbicides. So if you do that, pre-emergent herbicides, they will block grass seeds from germinating, just like they're going after crabgrass exactly. and stuff like that. You'll need to adjust that program. And instead, go to post-emergent herbicides, which means, or herbicides, if that's you out there, and treat the crabgrass and all that with those kinds of chemicals later. Yeah. All right. Is that everything you wanted to say? That's everything. All right. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll be talking about paint and how there are great budget-friendly options out there. We'll walk you through all of those. Yep. And then we'll kick into the big news. That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. Well, Haley, I'm cheap. I like to save money. I'm cheap. Let's just stop it at that. <laughs> You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Haley Johnson. And are you cheap, too? I, I'm i pretty thrifty sometimes. Thrifty? Yeah. Oh, man, that is a way better word. I'm going to write that one down. I, <laughs> maybe even get a tattoo that says thrifty, because then I'll remember it easier. But um, I use the word cheap all the time, because that's how I think of it. I love to save money. I need to save money, mm-hmm. is really what it boils down to. Five kids, yeah. they eat like crazy right? when there's food, and they normally demand that there's food. So, yeah, the money can just <laughs> fly. Demand, yeah. yeah, the money flies. And I know that with the economy, the way it right now, I think we're still on that cusp where we're doing yeah, all right. It's like, are we? Aren't we? Yeah, we're looking <laughs> ahead as to what what's going to play out and how are things going to go. And I know that one of the things that's going to go if if we end up finding that money gets tighter and tighter and tighter, mm-hmm. you know, things like paint projects and all of those get scrutinized a little more closely. You know, we don't want to spend the big money. Of course, we don't. Right. Especially when we don't feel like we have to. Right. And I know that one of the things we we were just talking about this, and I think it's worth talking about to everybody out there. I think there's – I don't know if it's a misconception or not. What do you think with uh, the whole idea about Benjamin Moore as a brand, that it's – it's premium products. That's not a misconception. No, that's not a misconception. What about price? I think people right away write it off as – Insanely it's ridiculously too expensive. expensive. Yeah, I think that is a misconception. Um, when I first started selling Benjamin Moore, working with Benjamin Moore, which was how long ago? Because not everybody um, knows you as well as I'm forced to. Maybe like I mean, at this point, seven. Years okay, so ago. a fair amount of experience. Um, yeah, my family was like, "Oh, Benjamin Moore, it's so expensive. I, I never used that stuff." And like, well, really, no, it's not. You know, I had to have the conversation with them because. They had it in their heads without really knowing, right? Mm-hmm. They just had this idea of Benjamin Moore being this ultra premium brand and that it was too far out of their price range. They didn't even bother going to a store to look, okay. right? That's fair. Some of the products are out of people's price range, <laughs> right? right? Yes. I mean, people who don't buy paint on a regular basis... Mm-hmm. And if you're not a painting contractor, most of us don't. I think the average homeowner does a paint project about twice a year. And if you walk into a store, I was just telling you, I walked in to buy a car battery. Yes. It's the same experience. I live in the paint world, so I'm not surprised by prices. Right. 
I do not live in the battery world. So I went to buy a battery for the car. In my ridiculous mind, I somehow thought I was going to pay $100 or so. And when the I guy. Gone, yeah, I, that's the price I would have put on it. Well, when the guy said, I've got two options, one starts at $350, <laughs> I don't remember. I had a blackout. Right. And there's lost time. Eventually, they woke me up <laughs> and they told me there's an economy version. And that was 275 I had to be woken up again yeah. after that. I did not expect that. It was ridiculous. Now, what you get for that. I don't know. I'm not in the battery world, and I don't really care. I bought what I bought, put well, it in the and car, think, and it works. Let's, you know, in the battery world, they just have had so many price increases what, because of manufacturing. And, and that's know, what we've had that. in the paint world. Right. We've seen that. So people know about some of those products. You and I were talking that, Benjamin Moore. I think they, they make a push to try to market all their products, but they really – zone in and we're guilty of that too because i think the ultra premium products things like aura things like scuff x like aura bath and spa they've got a great story they do really amazing things because the technology is put into these products that makes them so unique and so valuable and so it's fun to talk about those things but we kind of shy away from and and you're leaning into it but i want to make that point really clearly it's fun to talk about, right. but it's fun because of the great story. Yeah. For me, it's really fun to talk about because I know the end result is going to be good. Yeah. With ScuffX, that one in particular, it's so fun to recommend that for rooms like a mud room or something where you know. Because it's just going to be a workhorse. It's going to do exactly what it's claimed to do. It, not even what it's claimed to do. It's going to do what the person buying it in their wildest dreams is expecting it to right. do. It's going to actually do that. So yes. it's really fun to sell it. It's really fun to talk about it because nobody's going to be disappointed right. when it's done. But after we've done all of that, I do think that we've given the idea, the impression that if you've got all kinds of extra money wadded up in your pockets, mm-hmm. you know, and you just don't even know what to do with it because you've got so much money, then you shop at Repco Light. Right. <laughs> but if you're not rolling in cash, you better go somewhere else. And that's right. just not the case. We've really dropped the ball on that to some extent. Yeah, because there are budget-friendly products that exist. They just don't get talked about as much. And I know that when you've used ultra-premium products, now you know what you can have, <laughs> right? So your expectations of how a pro- product could perform when you're applying it or should perform over 10 years is a little bit different. When you're first starting out and you've never actually used that ultra premium product, I remember when I first had an apartment that I could paint, mm-hmm. I used ultra spec. And that's Benjamin Moore's you know, contractor level Paint, you know. No, it's even what... that, even that. Hold on, though, because yeah. when you say contractor level, I know that there's a bunch of people out there who figure that means, oh, the high end. Well, and we're not saying it's low end. That's probably the wrong way to say it. No, but I but would it's say more like geared it's a towards price point coating, right? Like it's something that's going to be applied a little bit more often. It's going into commercial spaces where touch up and repainting is just built into how those facilities operate. So they don't invest in ultra premium products because they don't really need to. Right. So you're talking a price point product. That's what a contractor grade type product is. Ultra spec. That's what you used in your apartment. Yep. That was your first experience really? Yeah. Doing a lot of painting? How did that go? What did you think about the product? I, I didn't have any issues with it at all. You know, I think it applied really nicely. I didn't think, wow, this really sucks to work with. You know, like it wasn't dragging the brush at all. There wasn't, you know, brush marks that I was upset about. It rolled out fine. I think, honestly, it can be a really great product to work with. And, you know, contractors do love it because when you're good at painting, it does really perform for you. Right. Benjamin Moore is a high-end manufacturer. So even the products that they're making that on their, you know, spectrum of products, they would consider the entry point. Right. They're still really good products. Exactly. Just to get them at a good price point. <laughs> Repcolite, same thing. We manufacture our own lines of paints. Eventually, we're going to get those into our Detroit stores. Mm-hmm. They're in our all of our West Michigan stores. Right. Repcolite products made in Michigan, made right in Holland. And again, you can get really high-end stuff even at our entry level for that entry-level price point. Exactly. So you're honestly miles ahead in certain instances, yes. from other what, what we would consider entry-level products Right, because you can go elsewhere and shop their products. And I think 
you assume by going into a big box store that you're getting a good deal. It's just like you know that they're going to have the cheapest prices. But honestly, those prices are very comparable to our entry-level products at Repcolite. And you're actually getting better technology in our products at the same exact price point. So you're getting a better product still, and it's the same amount of money. Right. And that's where the misconception, I think, happens. Right. So Ultraspec, that was a starting product. That's what you used. I know you used Ben. That's another yeah. one. And you really like Ben. I and really in fact, like Ben. <laughs> Haley will do the thing that... That makes certain uh, certain people cringe a little mm-hmm. bit because you like it a little bit better than even their step up, you know, right. their, their main product line, Regal Select. Regal you like Select Ben a little better. Is like Benjamin Moore's flagship product, and it is really nice. You know, it's got stain resistance, and there are some things that it can't that Ben can't do that Regal can. However. <laughs> I was under the impression, you know, when I first started in the paint industry that Ben was just, I don't want to sell that. You know, that's cheaper paint. It's not going to perform as well. No one wants to use it. We want to sell them Regal Select because that's good stuff. Yeah. And then I used Ben and I loved it. Uh, I thought it applied nicer than Regal Select, easier, I guess. You know, if you're spraying and you're an experienced painter, I think you can make anything look really good. But when you're a new homeowner, and maybe this is your first paint project, Ben is specifically built to be the most user-friendly paint that Benjamin Moore offers when you're rolling out your first wall and cutting in for the first time. That's what it's built to do, is just to be nice for you to work with. It's got a longer open time. It still hides incredibly well for an entry-level product because you're still getting Benjamin Moore's colorant. You're still getting their high-quality ingredients. So again, Similar price point is something that you'd find in a big box store, but it's going to perform so much better still. Well, and honestly, it, you know, take this for what it what it is. You know, I represent Repco Light, mm-hmm. so everybody will have to parse this and decide what they want to do with it. But you're getting all of what you just said, but you're also getting it from a place that's that locally owned, locally owned, <laughs> but just drilled into paint. Right. You know, we can help you if you're just starting out with a project. It's honestly really sad to me to some extent when you think about. People who are just got their new their first house mm-hmm. and they haven't done a lot of painting, right? And they're you know of course I'm I'm in that same boat. I want to buy the you know the most inexpensive things I can buy. That's why I've got thrifty tattooed on my right. arm. Or <laughs> and you buy those from places that you know sell a whole bunch of different things. Are you getting the best advice? Because I don't just need an inexpensive product right. in that situation. I also need to know exactly what to do so I get good results. Right. With Ben, you can get. A good price, good price point for the right. product. A product that's easy to work with, nice to work with, performs really well. Performs really well, and you can get it with advice and all the the points and tips that you need mm-hmm. to really get great results on your whole project. Exactly. Having conversations about which sheen you need, having conversations about where that product maybe won't work for you. Those conversations are going to be had. As opposed to going into a store where they're just going to sell you whatever you ask for because of the price point and no questions asked. Right. We're going to drill in a little bit more and hopefully find out whether this is really the right product for your specific situation, too. That's our mission anyway. That's what we're supposed to be yeah. doing. And we're certainly interested in your feedback. We'd love to know your experiences at the Repcolite stores. You can email us at radio at com, and we'd love to talk about that. But wanted to, in this segment... Really just get the idea out there that you don't have to just think of Benjamin Moore as the upper someday. Right. I can't afford that. I'll be able to afford that. No, there are products out there and we'll definitely, you know, love to sit down with you and talk about why they're expensive, Mm -hmm. why it's worth the money in certain situations. But we've also got other offerings that might get you moving and get your project wrapped up at the price point you want to spend. So anyway, Haley, I think we're going to take a break right now. For our Detroit listeners, you're going to get a Repco Light Rewind, Grand Rapids, news, weather at the bottom of the hour. And then when we all meet up back together here, we'll be talking big news. Really big news. Really big news. That's all just ahead. Stick around. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show on 106.7 Detroit's Wheels. And right now, it's time for another Repcolite Rewind, where we check out golden hits from our archives. Now, today, we're rewinding our way back to episode 253 from March of last year. And we're back. And Haley, we're going to talk about picture rails. Yes. Picture rails. And, and I stumbled into this. This is not something that I even knew really was a thing. 
Right. You found out about these because you basically shot up your walls. <laughs> I did. I did. It looked like a mafia hit. I bought a bunch of new art. Not even that much. Just a few paintings or pictures. And I was going to hang them up. And I just could not get it right. I could not get it figured out exactly where I should pound the nails. And I ended up, the kids just laughed and laughed because the walls were covered with holes. It's a plaster wall. And so, yeah. and we're going to get to all of that. And, and it would chip out. It's just a mess. And I got them up. And it covers all the holes, but when I take them down, it's hilarious. Looks like a bank robbery <laughs> happened or something. But anyway, I was digging into, you know, basically talking about picture hanging as a topic because there are certain heights that pictures should be hung at, right? And certain methods that you can use to measure so that, you that I don't do that, right? <laughs> things that I should have done, and there are all these little gimmicky gadgets out there, right? Yeah, that will apparently are. help you, and I'm very interested in trying some of those because as gimmicky as they seem. I do believe that there's validity behind the concept. Yeah, it's definitely a problem that people have. So yeah. so anyway, I thought, let's talk about that. And as I was digging into it, I realized, oh, wait a minute, there's this picture rail thing. No and I was holes required. All excited. <laughs> and I told Haley about it, and she said, oh, yeah, that's old, and you don't like it. A lot. And, and we're going we'll to get to that. We'll have that debate, yeah. Yep, we're going to have that debate, maybe even a throwdown. Yeah, we'll call it a throwdown. I'll yeah. throw down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, I don't know if I'm man enough to handle that. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to get to that. But let's start with picture rails and what they are. And let's look at the history of them, because that's always really interesting to me. Right. And apparently, they're extremely common in older homes that were built before World War II. Yeah, the older the house, the more common they are. You're right. usually going to see them... You know, along the top, often they're mistaken for crown molding. You know, they're right along the ceiling edge, but they can also be a little bit further down. They'll like line up with the window trim or casing mm -hmm. and around the door, the header of the door and all of those things. Right. It is interesting what you mentioned that people will sometimes confuse them for crown molding. There's a chance that people listening right now have them in their home and don't even know, don't realize it. They right. just think it's, a you know, crown molding that looks a little different than Typical crown molding. Yeah, because sometimes it really does look like crown molding. It just will have like an extra little gap mm -hmm. and the hooks can fit into that little space, but really that's the only tip-off that it's even there. Right. Now, you referenced the hooks. We didn't explain that. A lot of people probably figured it out, but the way these work is they've got a little lip on them, mm -hmm. this picture rail, whatever. Wherever it's configured, it's got a little lip on it, and that's meant to receive and hold these picture hanging hooks. Right. And so you would hook that. Normally you've got string that hangs down. Yeah, people use chain, wire, whatever it is. And it can hang down quite far, right? I mean, because you can right. have that up near the ceiling and hang the picture Wherever in the middle of want. the wall, right. you know, two or three foot down from that. So you've got these wires or whatever supporting the picture. So that's what a picture rail is. As we said, they're common in older homes. And the trend really started in the 1840s with the Victorians. Right? Yes, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. They wanted to be fancy. Even <laughs> even the people who were middle class. Right. They all wanted picture rails. Wanted to feel fancy. Yeah. And one of the big reasons is that most of the walls back then, you know, in fact, until drywall became a common building material mm -hmm. in the 50s, late 40s, 50s, most walls until that point were constructed of plaster and lath. And if you've ever worked on that, it's... It's not, fun. not terribly fun to pound nails into. That's no. what I ran into in my house. Well, it'll just like crumble or you'll get the thing where you're hammering it in and it's going well. But then all of a sudden it just goes all the way through. All the way through. Or I would run into my old house. I would hit the lath board, you know, mm -hmm. the little boards there, and it would just spring back at yes. me. <laughs> spring back, spring back. Not a fun exactly. process. So anyway, and the main reason they did it is because they didn't want to crumble and destroy the plaster walls. You yeah. know, that was their Which main makes thing. Sense. Right. So they would put up these picture rails and then they could hang pictures without damaging the wall at all. So really common in, you know, the 1840s and the 1920s or so, 1920s or 30s, the whole look became more streamlined mm -hmm. and the picture rail was mounted, like Haley mentioned, just about a half an inch or so from the ceiling. And that's the one that we sometimes confuse with uh, crown molding. Right, because it doesn't stand out as much. Right. Old brass hooks no longer fit it, so they came up with hooks with a, a rolled profile that worked a little better instead. That was the 20s and 30s. After the 20s, the standards slowly started to shift from doing these picture rails into just hanging the pictures on the wall like we 
generally do now. Right. They didn't want to see that hardware anymore. They wanted that, you know, floating picture look. I think just to simplify the space so you really don't see them, you know, by the 1940s, they've kind of been phased out. Yeah, they're no longer cool. If you've got them, you're passe, you're... Just not on trend, yeah. and everybody's using these invisible picture hooks and all right. of those things, and that's where we're at now. So, picture rails. Picture rails. <laughs> I'm so excited. Did you hear my little voice crack? <laughs> of course you did. And if you didn't, now you know it did. Yeah, just, well, I, am I wish 40, we could rewind. But... 49 years old, and my voice still cracks like I'm, what, 12? I don't even know when puberty hit. Well, you should be studying, For normal Dan. people. <laughs> Maybe my growth spurt's just around the corner. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, picture rails. What do you think, Haley? Is it time to bring them back? See, I stumbled onto this, and I was really excited. I ran into a blog post where somebody was talking about a room that they redid for mm-hmm. their kids, and it was just, you know, they had a nice room. They liked it. Great color on the walls. Everything was great, but it just felt, you know, cookie cutter, I think sure. they described yeah. it as. Just yeah. plain. And the lady came up with this idea of using picture rails. And she just went on and on about how it changed the look of the room completely, really classed it up. I love the idea because I've got all this art right. that I'm starting to collect. You've inspired me to collect these things, and I'm finding things I like. And I really like the idea of being able to more flexibly hang them. And, you know, right now I'm pounding nails in the walls, and right. I feel really bad every time I move something because I've got more and more and more things to patch. Soon I won't have walls. <laughs> I'll just have holes. So I love the idea of doing this. You don't like the picture rails, though, and you've got your reasons. It's not that I don't like them. I don't like the wire showing. I don't like the hardware that it requires. So you don't like like the hooks themselves, and you don't like the wire that hangs down. Right. Okay. Exactly. I would like that stuff to be invisible. I am a person that hangs pictures up with nails just because I don't want to see the hardware at all. I think it can be a little bit distracting. However... I really like the picture rail itself. <laughs> oh, so you could install a picture rail and then just hang the pictures on the wall. Yeah, I think I would do that. Now, that seems really strange. Uh, it's ridiculous, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. No, I because get it. Because it adds a lot of character to this space, and I really think that that has a lot of value because they do have this ability to add kind of that next level of design and intention to the space. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I can't get over the hardware. Okay, so I don't mind the hardware at all. I kind of like it. I, mm-hmm. you know, I would probably mess around with what wire I use to hang these things yeah. from. I am definitely going to do this, which means who knows if I will. I make a lot of claims, and then life happens. <laughs> I firmly intend to do this in my living room, my formal living room. And that's just a fancy way of saying it's the other living room. It's the other, right? Room, Whenever yes. I say that, I think, oh, I don't really know the what's formal about it. The one that we don't really it. hang out. In. Yeah, but anyway, I'm going to do this. I don't mind the wires and all of that. You mentioned that you don't like how the pictures tend to hang forward off the wall; they're not flush anymore. Yeah. So everybody they can out there tilt a little bit. Right. And understand that. that before you get all jumped into this idea. You're going to have the pictures tilt forward. Now, right. in galleries and stuff, I was reading that was a desired effect. Because it actually would make the picture visible. If it were hung higher, sure. it puts it more in, a, in a, a, a straight-on viewing pattern. You can view it better that way. Yeah, potentially there's less glare with lights and yeah. things like that, too. You don't like that look. I don't mind that look. So it is something to consider. There's a lot of different things to think about before you jump in. Well, and I think there's a lot of value, too, I mean, in the fact that you're not creating all of these holes in the walls. I mean, it really just depends on the space. I think if it's a rental, that's an awesome idea. I mean, there's so many landlords that say you're not allowed to put holes in the walls. My brother has an apartment. He refuses to hang art up because he's terrified that he's going to get in trouble for putting a hole in the wall. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So do you think he could just put railings up? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe for landlords. No, but I think landlords should do that. Yes, I think that's a good idea. I think it's great if you've got plaster walls like I do. Yes. Absolutely. You know, drywall is a little easier to pound into, but the, the plaster, I've really struggled. So I'm thinking this will be great for that. Right. I'll have a lot of flexibility. I can change these things out, move them around, yeah. change heights, all kinds of stuff. I'll need a ladder. 
probably. <laughs> but that's really interesting. I love the idea of using this in a commercial setting. I think we've seen tons of it in coffee shops and yeah, things like I that. Yeah, I see it a lot in coffee shops, and that's usually where I'm noticing the hardware that I don't like. But I really think that it makes sense for those spaces. If it's a place that's changing out the art quite often, mm-hmm. then yeah, it doesn't make sense to be patching holes every single time. Right. I like that. And I also like it if you've got wallpaper and you don't want to yes. pop all kinds of holes in that to hang pictures. This would be a great way to, you know, especially if it's already there. I think I will be forced to use picture rails in the dining room. Yeah. See? Yeah. Look, helps you there, and it provides an entirely new design element to work with in the space. And in the last little bit that we've got, why don't you just spin through some of the different things that you could do with it, or at least colors you could put on it. Well, yeah, exactly, because one, it doesn't have to match the trim color. I mean, you could have a contrasting color for the picture rail. You could also, you know, paint both the trim and the picture rail a more unique color. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a historic aspect. It wasn't uncommon to have trim that was actual colors and not just white or a neutral. So that's something to consider. You also have the option to, you know, if you're floating the picture rail further down the wall. You know, a couple feet down from the ceiling. Yeah, carrying that ceiling color and trim color all the way down. And it kind of creates like a cap on the room then. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Wallpaper underneath it, wallpaper above it, all kinds of different things you could do. Well, I think this also is really on trend. You know, we talked about last week with the 2022 trends and the big idea is making cozy spaces and adding more traditional details into homes and separating spaces a little bit more. And I think this is right in line with that idea, you know, adding more detail, more is more now instead of less is more. So, yeah, yeah. no, I like that. And if it came to paint, choosing a paint for this, because it's going to have a lot of action going on, you know, potentially these metal hooks hanging on it. Scuff right. X would be a great choice from Benjamin Moore that would resist and hold up. I like that a lot. Advanced from Benjamin Moore, that's another good option. Yeah, that brushes out really nicely. Or you could check out Replicate's Optima. And that'll do it for another Repcolite Rewind. Remember, if you want to check out other past episodes, you can find all of them waiting for you at Repcolite.com. That's R-E-P-C-O-L-I-T-E.com. Just click the On the Radio tab on the homepage. All right, it's time for a break. And when we come back, we've got our big announcement. We've got a special guest. And I really don't want to say any more than that. All of it is coming up next, so stick around. And we're back, and Haley, I'm going to let you run with this open for a little bit because you've kind of (laughs) got some Haley business to take care of and a guest that you need to introduce. Well, yeah, business sounds... (laughs) Well, I want people to be freaked out. I want them to wonder what's going on, what is going to happen. We have a big announcement, and we've been holding this off for a little while. I'm not really sure why, I guess, but... I'm her husband. We're having a baby. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't even yeah. get to introduce Jordan yet. You've talked about Jordan a lot. Yeah, Have you heard yourself wait. talked about on the radio? I never listened to this show. Oh. <laughs> he did in the beginning. He did in the beginning. And then he kind of petered out. Yeah, I'm kind of like saving it All right, for later. Yeah, that's good. That's good. He and- wants to have an archive for when I'm dead. Oh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to live longer. That's that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. That's pretty dark. Actually. We're having a baby. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. We could put the death part aside for just a little bit and focus on new life. And yeah, so Haley, Six what is that? Pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. This is really for you, Wallace. This is a time capsule. I did not want to do this. Yeah. So this is for you. <laughs> so talk about it. You're having a boy. Yeah. Jordan just tipped the name Wallace. That's yes. Right. That Wallace. goes back to that's. Well, it's a family name, your grandpa's middle name, but he goes by Wally. Yeah, he's Victor Wallace. My dad is Joel Wallace. I'm Jordan Wallace, so. We're flipping the tradition and making it the first name. All right. But I've always liked the name Wallace, and Mm. yeah, even when we like first started dating, it was like, oh, his middle name is Wallace. That would be such a good boy's name. So Haley's been planning. Out loud, but <laughs> so six months pregnant. You're yep. due in June or May 19. Oh, May 19. It's even yeah. sooner than I was thinking. You're gonna be here Got until three months. May five, right? 
And then I'm and then solo, Dan or we don't know exactly what's going to happen. I'm sure solo. she'll be checking in. Yeah, she'll be checking in, but I'll be making up stuff on the radio. So hopefully we will re- we'll retain the listeners. I could fill in yeah. for her. Yeah, I'll be back. Be I'll be back. Haley will be back. But anyway, we wanted to get you, you know, get that announcement out there. We've sat on it, like you said, for a long time. We wanted Jordan here for that. Yeah. And the intention of this segment uh, was for, you know, we didn't know, I didn't know Jordan was going to be here until we kind of came right. up with that last week. But the idea was I was going to dish out all kinds of advice. Yes, brilliant parenting brilliant oh, advice. advice. Reg- regale us, please. <laughs> yeah, well, now it feels a little strange, you know, to sit here and bring a guest in so I can, I can lecture and you. lecture him. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not opposed to that. So I think I'm going to just run with it and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I guess I, I before we get to that, Jordan, uh, I'm very excited. I've always considered you brilliant. the most knowledgeable of this See? crew. Right. Yeah, of this crew. Yeah. Of the, that means you. Crew. That means you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Probably doesn't listen because I'm not on. What do you have? You have maybe. like a twelve kids. I've got twelve. <laughs> five. It sometimes seems like twelve if they're moving around fast. <gasps> And yeah, so that I do have a fair amount of experience. Yes. Obviously. This is your first, right? Yeah. Right. And how are you feeling, Jordan, about this? You I'm know, dad to dad. Yeah, I'm beyond the the moon. I can't wait. It's going right. to be amazing. Super excited. Yeah. So, how are you with babies and all of that? I love them. I'm a you? I'm basically a child myself. So, yeah. Well, I'm a child. I, I can't wait to hang out with one. See, that's cool. <laughs> I was a child myself and still am. <laughs> but I was never, the baby stage scared me to death. Yeah. Now, part of it, I think, goes back to every single one of our kids, except Andrew, well, they all came have, very early. Yeah. So they were like, in fact, they were how, far along, how, how far along are you? So how many weeks? 27 weeks. Yeah. I had, I, I think Hannah and Rose came at 27 weeks. So wow. they were like- a pound Tiny. and 16 right. or 12 yeah. ounces, yeah. a pound and 16 ounces. And that's <laughs> just two pounds, I think. But anyway, so they were so little, so I was very scared of yeah. that. In fact, Hannah had um, mm-hmm. like a little tiny, little tiny birthmark on her elbow. I remember that. And I think she had like a little Audi belly button. Sure. Like that's what I saw when she was first born. Then they wrapped her up in clothes and I didn't touch her. For three months. Wow. You know, I was there. I would hold yeah. her in clothes, but I didn't change diapers. Yeah. And the nurses at the NICU or the, right. they would all tell me I needed to. And you know what? My wife was great at that. So let's she was just, just so fragile. I was so afraid of it. Yeah. Anyway, I remember we got her home and I remember, you know, we're changing her diaper and I'm there for the first time. And this time I thought I'm involved. Right. You know, I'm going to do this. I know what I'm doing. And I get her little whatever, that onesie off or whatever, and her arm comes out. Well, that little thing that was like a tiny little, like a smaller than a pencil eraser was now as big as a quarter. I had no idea it had grown. It was enormous on the side. I almost flipped out. I almost hit the floor. That so caught me off guard. And then I did undid her diaper and her belly button had not gotten littler. She actually had a herniated. There was something in there and it went away. Yeah. But it was huge and swelling, and I could hear fluids moving through it. I was done. Cute. I was done, done, <laughs> done. I couldn't handle it. What did we make? Uh, what has happened here? And yeah, we know. had to be. I think birthmarks are cool. Poor little Hannah. Yeah. Well, and then Andrew. Andrew, we were just talking about him. He was born, and he 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 came at the right time and all of that. Yeah. But he was so big, he had such a melon for a head. So they had the forceps or something oh, like salad tongs. Yeah. To get him out. And so he had, what do they call it? A hematoma mm-hmm. on the back of his head, mm. which again, I they just, they're it's saying, scary word. it's a scary word, but yeah. they're saying words to me and nobody's acting silly about it or right. like they're concerned. Nobody's acting concerned. So I didn't think that much about it till I picked him up and my fingers gooed through the back of his head because it was all gooey. Mm. Oh yeah. See, that's why babies scare me to death. Once they got to be two. <laughs> no, you can knock them over a little bit. They bounce yeah, back. They're so not so fragile. Well, I was ahead of very excited. Point. Now I'm terrified. So. <laughs> that was my intent to bring the good advice. <sighs> so anyway, that was very, <laughs> Dan? very unique to me. I'm sure yes. it's not going to happen to you. Some of the things that I would have loved to be told, you know, and that <laughs> was my intent with all of this yeah. to dish out stuff I wish somebody had told me. And I guess the first one would be that. Boys, because you're having a boy, mm-hmm. you've already spilled that. They go to the bathroom everywhere. It's fine. Caleb 
would just go anywhere. We're walking home from, we live in Zealand, yeah. so walking down Central, the big fancy street, all yeah. the big houses. We went to the library. We're coming back. And Caleb's lagging behind, and I turn around to see once where he is. He's got his books tucked under his arm, his pants down around his ankle, and he's going to the bathroom on this hundred-year-old tree <laughs> in somebody's yard. You know? Yeah, so. I remember there were these little boys that lived right next door to me when I was in like maybe kindergarten, first grade, right around that age. But we had a playground, like the school's right next door to our apartment complex, so there was a playground right there, and yeah, we'd be out there playing, and their house is next door. They still just went all over the playground. Yep. It's little boys. It's just. I, like, I was just blown I away as a the girl. Lack of like, shame. what are you doing? I think I'll encourage it. <laughs> He's gonna encourage it. Just do what you gotta do. Well, that shakes out. Yeah. I know it caught me off guard. <laughs> you know, another thing that I guess you I, and you probably already know this. This is not new, but you're gonna reap what you've sown. You know, that's another sure. thing. You know, your parents will say, "I hope you get a child uh-huh. that," and you do. You know, I remember when I was little. And I don't know how old I was. I was old enough to know better, probably six, seven, eight. Sure. Go to a little Baptist church. And I remember it was my birthday around Christmas time. I'd fallen on the ice like the week before and hit my head on the ice and cracked sure. my head open, had to get stitches. But it <laughs> left So me that's with a, where it all started. Yes, that's where it started. <laughs> left me with this huge black eye. And I get to church for one Sunday and it's birthday Sunday. You know, it's a tiny little Baptist church. So they haul all the little birthday kids up to the front of church and sure. look at a birthday pencil. <laughs> well, I go up there with my black eye and I'm standing up there and they give me a pencil and the pastor says, Danny, you know, the whole congregation is there. What happened to your eye? And I said, my dad smacked me. <laughs> And then I grabbed my pencil and sat down. And mom and dad just absolutely were terrified. Oh, my None of that was gosh. true. I mean, it was ridiculous. Why did you say that? I have no idea. I also, I also wouldn't, wouldn't give my money to the church, um, the offering. I told them I was saving up for beer money for my dad, who didn't drink a lot of beer. Oh, my God. It was just like completely made up. <laughs> Your dad, your dad had all the jokes then? I, yes, 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 yes. He did. But anyway, so. Awesome. They told me that I hope someday you get what you deserve for that. Well, anyway, it came about. Of course it did. And it was Caleb again who did it to me, my oldest kid. I remember we were in a store. He was in a stroller. So he was probably about, you know, I don't know how old they are in a stroller anymore. Three, four. Old enough to know better. Right. And he's acting up. So I did the dad pinch. You know, kind of on the neck or whatever. It's not monstrous. It's not cruel. It's just this little, hey, hey, you're doing something wrong. I did that to Caleb and he instantly cringed and sat down and calmed down in his stroller. Yeah. Good. I'm a good parent. So I'm wandering around and 10 minutes go by of him being utterly obedient. Right. And I go into waiting for my wife to finish up. I go into a section of, I guess, shoes. It was a big sale on shoes. Sure. There's like 15 moms in there. Caleb starts bawling his eyes out the minute out of nowhere. The minute we see all these women and I'm looking at him like, mm. what is happening? And he grabs his neck and he says, Daddy, I don't know why you have to pinch me all the time. <laughs> so oh, you learn, boy. I, so you yeah. learn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Stunning. I had no idea. But That's I, hilarious. I told mom that and she said, yeah. Wow. That's well. what we asked for. We wanted you to get what you deserved and you do. So anyway, all that's coming for you. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, geez. I've got a, a more. I'm but afraid. We're, yeah, we're going to have to take a break. What we're going to do is keep this conversation going and we'll put it in the podcast if anybody yes. wants to come back and join join us for that. We're going to take a break. And on air, what you're, what you're going to hear next is Haley. Nursery talk. Yeah, talking yeah. about the nursery and putting that together and some struggles that she's Tips. had along the way. Yeah. That's next. For the podcast listeners, you're going to get the rest of this conversation. Stick around. Okay, so all of that happened to me. Did you ever have anything like that? I mean, did you mess your parents up? I can't go into the terrible violence of my childhood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're 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 we'll they're great the great people. <laughs> great people. <laughs> cool, cool. Gotcha. Well, who knows what's going to happen with with Wallace? Yes. Maybe he'll be absolutely stellar. You know, I know Caleb. Another thing that he did that. Uh, Caleb, it's all Caleb today. He um, poor Caleb. Yeah, I guess the the he's other the other lesson with yeah, he's great. He's no, an electrician he is great. now, he's... and it's funny because his fellow, you know, 
uh, contractors are going to hear this. Oh, man, they're going to hear this. And And they're going to give them a hard time. (laughs) Sorry, Caleb. Yeah. No, but another thing he did that that kids will do, and they've all done this to me. Caleb's the one that I really think about and remember, is that they will really build you up. They will really make you proud. Mm -hmm. And then they'll really tear you down. And sometimes, like, it's right at the same time, right right after it. Like whiplash? Yeah, it is. Uh, This one, I remember uh, we walked to the bakery in Zealand. And everybody was in getting their little treats and mm-hmm. all of that. And Caleb and I were waiting outside. He was little again, maybe six, something like that. And this lady comes by with a baby, like a little tiny baby in the stroller. And I'm not terribly good with people. I have social, what would you call it, issues? Um, I'm just not very fluid. Yeah. <laughs> You're a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, I'm awkward. I'm socially yeah. awkward is what it is. But I nailed it this time. I said, Hello. And (laughs) right off the bat, I knew I was on, I hit a home run there and I was polite. And Caleb struck up a little conversation. And Mm -hmm. I just thought, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the lady looked at him and I could just tell. I mean, it was all over her face. How did you learn how to be a person, little Caleb? (laughs) With that as your father. (laughs) Yeah. And it was amazing. And I was so proud of him. And the lady starts walking away. And I knew she could just, she was thinking, this is parenting done to perfection, you know, mm-hmm. absolute perfection in parenting. She starts walking away, and I said to Caleb, wasn't that little boy cute? All he had to do was say yes, right? All he had to do was say yes. He said, Dad, that kid was so ugly it made me feel sorry for him. Oh so loud. The lady, <laughs> oh I didn't know God. what to do. All I could hear was the little stroller wheels going <laughs> really fast as she scooted away well, there are ugly babies oh, there are there are and that one was one of them it was <laughs> but i couldn't believe he oh said God. it out loud well the honesty of that moment is sure kind of beautiful i guess yes and it's you know that it actually true. speaks volumes to his integrity yeah. well and his social awkwardness his ability to be social despite internal thoughts <laughs> well for a moment he thought he was in the clear. I yeah. think so. Maybe he maybe thought. that is. It's funny that you say the honesty thing is cool because on a, where that story, I mean, the story came from my life, but I first told it probably whenever it happened all those years ago yeah. on one of these little, you know, we on do these minute. one minute yeah. at Repcolite or a minute at Repcolite and they've mm. been going for 10 or 12 years or whatever. First time I told that story was there and it was relating to how kids can be brutally honest. If yes. you want to find out something, mm-hmm. ask a kid. Ask a kid. They'll tell you. So totally. I'm kind of like that way. It's partially why I didn't want to do this. It's like, what am I, I have no what idea what I'm going say? to say. There's <laughs> zero filter. So Lil Wallace is the, going to be uh, he'll a, be a terror. He'll, he'll be proud. It, the first time Jordan, that I even met Jordan. Do you remember the first time I met you? You walked into the studio here a couple years ago. No, you're yeah. very forgettable. I'm sorry. Okay. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. No, that's not honest. That, no, that doesn't mesh honest. with what you said at the beginning. So one of these is not honest. I'm going to assume that that one was the joke. It was. Okay, good. So the first time he walks yeah. in, I said, hello. You said, hello. And then you start snapping because you do audio, visual. I try. Right? Yeah. right. Yeah. No, you do a fair amount of that. And you know mm-hmm. what you're listening for. And you're in the studio checking our space. Yes. He's and, like checking oh, the right, sound. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you're telling me. That's like oh, his first thing. You should probably fix this. You should probably fix that. And I said, Have you thought I'm of this? Dan. <laughs> like a round you. table. Yes. We have a round. We have table a round now. table now for you, Jordan. It <laughs> anyway. is. It's very cozy in here. You are very honest. We appreciate that. <laughs> the last thing that I had, you know, and and mm. most of this was all just jokes. The biggest thing, and it doesn't isn't everything though. It, well, I have two more things, and yes, most things are jokes. Yeah. And I think you guys are already doing this. Hmm. Is that you? You've got to really. And I don't have to say this to you too, but push with the. Um, the media that they get. I mean, bring in the best stuff. Yes. You know, Caleb, when he, Caleb. No media, strictly wooden toys. That's and right. Sticks. That's right. But like music. Child. <laughs> <laughs> music. Get good stuff. Yeah. They can handle it. Yeah. Caleb watched. There's good music? There is lots of good music. Got to find old classic stuff. Wagner. Classic stuff can be good. Beatles stuff. Right. All kinds of stuff. I don't know. Like I think the Beatles, a little... Is it pushing it? It's a little, I don't know about those guys. Well, what were they doing? Who knows? Hanging out in Laurel Canyon. No. Who knows what's going on there? Who knows? But you can still get them influenced with that stuff. I know we watched uh, Lord of the Rings when Caleb was four. 
mm. which is probably a nut. <laughs> not the best decision. My wife was at the emergency room uh, with one of the right. kids. Yep. It seems how it always went. And they were there for a long time. And I had just gotten the four-hour version of that. Mm-hmm. And I put it on. And he just sat down. It was like, And we started at 11 o'clock at night. He sits down on the ground. And he watched until 2 in the morning. He's glued to it. Oh, yeah. And it's very funny because ever since then, I've introduced the kids to movies like that. And it wasn't long. I mean, eight years old, we're watching silent films. We're watching Charlie yeah. Chaplin, The yeah. Circus. That's awesome. And they're all sitting there watching it because yeah. they know they can ride through these long halls because yeah. there's a payoff at the end. And I've got other people, other kids that I've met where all they've watched are the little half-hour right. cartoons like, or little blurbs or snippets, and there's no attention span. I don't know that well, there all was the a connection. YouTube stuff now, too. Like, oh, yeah. that I'm screaming for screens. Yeah. Crazy. It's like kids just playing with obnoxious toys and I was going to recommend lots watching. of obnoxious toys. Like, <laughs> Nothing's really changed, strange. though, because, you know, the boomers, first generation raised on screens, like, yeah. they just sat in front of the TV all day and... It's just, it's just kind of morphed into sitting in front of YouTube right. today. No, it's I just... can see that. Yeah, but I feel like the content was better than, you know. Slightly more wholesome. Yeah. Lawrence Welk. I was raised on that. Were you? My grandpa watched that all the time. Love the polka. Yeah. Grandpa, <laughs> grandpa would make us watch Lawrence Welk. We were just talking yeah. about that. We were watching I Love Lucy. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? And Ricky is doing his Babalu show or whatever he's got. And my kids are saying, who would ever watch this television show? <laughs> I said, my grandpa would. He watched Lawrence Welk, and he would have watched this, and he would have made us watch it. Last thing I've got, oh super serious. Hmm. And, of course, it doesn't have to be said. You've got to enjoy every moment, and it's going to be really tough. For me, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. When I look back, biggest regret is that the baby stage. Mm-hmm. I didn't jump into that. I was so afraid of certain things. I was so focused on when we get to this, it's really going to kick in. Right. And it's going to make sense right. to me and I'm going to be comfortable with it. And now I look back and I think I could have handled that hmm. and I wish I had. And the other thing, I think the biggest thing is just it's so easy to say that I'm going to enjoy every moment. And then you get every moment and it's dirty and diapers it's and it's yeah. screaming and not nonstop screaming right. sometimes because whatever's going on, the colicky stuff or the, mm-hmm. the food's not sitting right. I'll randomly play baby screaming sounds through the Bluetooth speakers at home See? just trying to train us. Yeah, I think that's really tried smart. to do baby training. <laughs> so much louder, I feel like, than... Nope. A baby will be and like he's cranking it up. I That's where you're it. wrong. I can like side music up. to my ears. <laughs> he's right. It's going to be twelve times worse than you anticipate. Whatever you think, it's going to be worse. Yeah, all of these things, fair. and yet they're all fun. When you look back. And that's yeah. what's been, yeah. you know, it's so crazy. Well, it goes us. so fast. I can't believe that my kids are. Caleb's, you know, all these little kids going to the bathroom on Central <laughs> Avenue in Zealand. Now he's 22. He's yeah. an electrician. Cool. So he nice. doesn't go to the bathroom in public unless it's a proper <laughs> spot. I'm very proud of him. Most electricians oh go to the God. bathroom in public. Uh, I didn't even I'm think kidding. about that. I'm kidding, guys. No, I don't think you are. Rough, well, ruffins sure are crazy. Still, yeah. <laughs> If there's not a bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I haven't thought of that. Maybe Caleb was training all those years ago for his life life in the wild. Anyway, congratulations, both of you. Thank you, Dan. I'm really disappointed that you didn't (laughs) clear it with me ahead of time. (laughs) I'm really glad, Haley, that you let me know as early as you did. You're going to be Uncle Dan. No worries. Yeah, you were like one of the first people that knew. Yeah, because you knew I was going to have a weird out. And yes. probably not be able to handle it well. I yes. need to know way ahead need of to time. know. <laughs> so you have time to <laughs> fully process. <laughs> Still processing, but at least I'm doing better. Well, this baby's going to be half Haley, so it's got a chance. Yeah, at least it's got that, right? <laughs> we can hope. Yeah. yeah. All right. Love you, al- love you already, Wallace. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, Haley, I just dished out all kinds of great advice. (laughs) The part that made the podcast that didn't make the on-air part was my really serious point. Yeah. Was about enjoying this because it's the best thing that I've ever done. The most fun that I've ever had was being a parent. So, yes, you guys enjoy all of that. Now, we've got to get to your whole nursery kind of. I I was going to call it a fiasco. I don't know that it's a fiasco. But I know there's some drama. But it was just harder than I expected it to be. 
you know, it sounds so fun to decorate a kid's room. When I, you know, first was thinking about it, I was really looking forward to decorating a nursery. You know, I've never gotten to decorate for a sure. kid's room as an adult. I mean, you know, I got yeah. some input when I was a child, but it wasn't good. <laughs> 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 and I start and realize that what makes it so fun, right, is that you have all these colors to choose from, all these themes and there are like no constraints yep. when it comes to a kid's room. That's also the thing that makes it impossible. <laughs> right. When you've got no constraints, it sounds so wonderful. And yet the reality of it. Where do you start? Yeah, it really limits you. Constraints yeah. actually. They can, help you. Yeah, they give a you a lot. problem to solve. Exactly. And that gets creativity moving. Yes. So you've got this room. You're all excited. So all these other expectant moms out there, mm -hmm. you know, they're right there with you. They're yeah. all excited. And you've got this vision because you're Haley. Yes. And you work with color on a regular right? basis. And I and... love decorating. Like, almost was a designer. You know, I've yeah, seen yeah. that as a life path. And yet I get to this moment and I'm like, I have no idea where to start, what this is going to look like. And I was surprised to find myself there. So what ended up helping me a lot was starting by looking at wallpaper. Mm -hmm. That really focused me. Probably got that idea from me because if you remember probably a year or more ago, I made that recommendation. Yeah. We've talked about this yeah. before. So I am following some of our advice. That's and very good. Using wallpaper as a starting point because it really does help put a lot of constraints in place very quickly, right? That sounds so strange that you're trying to put constraints in place. And yet that's so true. So, you know, a quick segue, if you're sitting at home and you've got a living room, but man, I don't know how to work with that old couch. That's really dragging me down. It actually might be helping you. Right. You know, right. having something to work with <laughs> gives you a problem to solve. No, it's true. So you're trying to Kind of, you know, create a problem, create a problem in yeah. a sense. Give yourself some colors, right. a focus, a theme, and get yourself moving. You know, because right off the bat, you're going to narrow yourself way down from even the amount of wallpaper options that you have because now you're focused on looking for, you know, kid wallpapers or, you know, more whimsical potentially wallpapers mm -hmm. or, you know, it still could be geometric patterns. But if you're in the store, we're probably going to direct you towards. Some books that we know are meant for kids' rooms. But we don't require that you buy that paper. No. I mean, we you are could cool get that way. a very adult paper right. for your child. Dogs playing poker and smoking <laughs> cigars. That's adult, and you could use that. You know, sophisticated floral patterns, but um, we're probably going to start you off in a direction. And right away, I think that wallpapers can be a little bit polarizing with their patterns, right? You're either going to like it a lot or you're probably not going to like it. Right. You're not have everybody an opinion right off the bat. loves the dog playing poker <laughs> yeah, paper. Yeah, it's a great example, Dan. But some do. <laughs> some really want to build an entire home around that. Sure. So it's polarizing. I get that. Yeah. But it still gives you a direction. It gives you something to work with. Right. And now that you've got these you know, few patterns that you are drawn to because that'll happen – They've also given you color schemes to look at. They've given you themes to consider. You know, is it floral? Is it woodland? Is it transportation? You know, any Poker. of those things. Poker. Right. Dogs. I mean, it could be anything. <laughs> but automatically you've got all of these starting places where you can start considering, okay, those are going to be the paint colors potentially that would go with this wallpaper. Here are some accessories that match the theme of the wallpaper. It really builds that entire room for you. So you started with that. You went to that at some point. Yes. You started somewhere else. You started with a blank slate. Felt like, oh my gosh, this is a little too much. Then you went no to paper. To start. Yep. And started looking at paper. Found a pattern. Found a pattern that I liked. Started exploring some options of color and, you know, accessories, you know, looking at rug colors and curtains and all of that stuff. And then I decided that I hated that direction. Okay. <laughs> So I went back to wallpaper. You hadn't purchased any paper. No, hadn't just, just purchased scoped it. Out some I had samples. sampled and kind of seeing everything together started to make me feel like, okay, maybe this is like too baby. <laughs> that sounds weird, but I just couldn't see it growing with Wallace long term. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to have to redecorate in two years if I don't have to. If I okay. can find something that's a little bit more neutral that'll get us three more years. I'm, I'm not like, even going to talk about the dogs playing poker, but happy it's to do possible that. <laughs> that he could grow with that because, you know, I'm just saying that could grow with him. Um, 
So you went to back to the drawing board. Back to back the, drawing to the board, store. Found, found a different a pattern. Different wallpaper. Still focusing on paper as your starting yes. point, though. Yeah. Because that part was good. That part worked. You just didn't like what you had exactly. come up with. Um, so I found a different option that I think has definitely got me in a better direction. The thing to remember is when you're in the paint store and you're getting this wallpaper sample and you're deciding, okay, this is the wallpaper. I can see this theme now. You flush it out in your mind. You've looked at accessories. You're ready to order the paper. Don't immediately order the paint at the same time because that's the temptation and I fell for that. Yes, you did. You I messed did. it up, didn't yeah, you? You bought the paint I had wallpaper early. coming and I didn't. I just thought that I had it figured out. And so I got some paint up and I'm realizing I don't have the paper here yet. I don't so, know if this is going to work. Right. Let people know why. You you know why. I know why. Let everybody know why that's a potential issue. So, I mean, for one, the larger things are, the better idea you have of the color. We talk right? about that we all the time with that. samples. Yes, that's why you sample. And of course, even if you've got this wallpaper, sample the wallpaper, sample the paint, all of that before you purchase big things. But wait until you've got the wallpaper up before you purchase that paint because it can really change the way that you see the undertones of the paint colors that you've been looking at. And I jumped the gun a little bit. Now I'm kind of back to following my own advice. I'm waiting for the paper to come in. But you're sitting I on paint. paint. Yeah. Yeah, you've got paint made. And that can probably be adjusted, yes. you know, if the color's different. Another thing to consider, you know, you're mentioning once you see the paper on the wall in a right. large scale, that's going to give you, you know, maybe a different vision right. or appreciation of the undertones. Yeah. We always tell people, you know, if you're buying wallpaper and you you run out and mm -hmm. you need to get more, you need to know the run number, the right. lot number of the paper so that right. the dye lots will match. And because that can change. Yeah. And you might you know, you're looking at paper in a book, getting color, not necessarily because we're not recommending that you matched color or at least you didn't yeah, match didn't color. Yeah, I didn't match exactly. And I wouldn't actually recommend that. But but even still getting colors that, OK, this this looks like this will be a nice, let's right. say, gray or whatever color you pick. I It'll don't even go care. with it. It'll go with it. But undertones can come out just slightly different in the actual paper that shows right. up at your house. And that can really throw off everything. Exactly. You're better off to get that paper, have yep. it in hand, and then bring it back to the store. Right. And we can help and you get all of that figured out. And make your final decisions then. Don't jump the gun. You know, you've got your direction, so it's really hard why not to just do that, all the things. Is that why? It's just, yeah. you're, you're just too eager. Yeah. You want to get eager. it moving. Even though you know that wasn't the right <laughs> yes. thing to do. Yeah. So we know do as other, I say, not as I do. I don't know how many times I recommend something and then I think about it later and I think, well, in fact, just last week we talked about planning. Make sure you plan out your colors. Don't just go to the store. We got done recording and Haley said she wants to stop at one of the stores to get paint. <laughs> and I said, I should too for a room. She said, have you planned your colors? I said, not a no. chance. <laughs> I didn't do it because I'm obeying us. Yes. It's, uh, it's an important step. It's hard to remember to do. We're reminding you again to just wait. couple things out of that. Wallpaper is a great place to start. Yes. Get those constraints in place. They'll actually right. help you and let us help you as you work through your project. Exactly. All right. That's all the time we got. We're going to have to wrap this one up. You can find it online at RepcoLite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The RepcoLite stores are all open, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.